You're now listening to What's Up With Ward. For those of you who may not know, this is a podcast that focuses on love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everybody has a story to tell, and we just want to know, what's yours? And for longtime listeners, including Reagan Andrea, salute. My name is Wardy Ward, and I'm the man who told Earth and when they need to hook up with fire. That's my claim to fame. I'm sticking to it. Many people out there may recall when Mike Myers and Kanye West was on TV years ago doing a telethon for a financial support after Hurricane Katrina hit. That was September 2nd, 2005, and the Gulf Coast had just been devastated four days earlier. I think many people remember Kanye saying George Bush didn't care about black people, but the bigger story that came to my mind was how horrific that hurricane was. With that being said, our guest today was not only there, but she also survived that event. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome Champagne to our show. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm well. How is everyone? All right. Today, uh, Trey's not going to be with us, but it'll just be me and you, but that's okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So be- <laughs> before we get started, I called you Champagne. Now, that's not your real name. Do you want to go what, stick with that or you want people to know your government name or we can just stay with Champagne? Stick with Champagne. <laughs> Okay, let's do that then. <laughs> let's do that. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we start talking about this hurricane, because I really want to know about all that. Where did you grow up at? Um, so I grew up in Louisiana, um, born and raised. Um, I'm just not going to change. Like, I love visiting other places, but I'm just Louisiana fed. So I just, I love Louisiana. It's all about Louisiana to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you have any brothers and sisters? And if so, what number are you? So I am actually one of nine Ooh. and I am second in line. So it's a, uh, it's plenty of us. Yeah. Okay. And um, like Louisiana, we have big families. I stopped at two, but my mom, she has nine, father has 13. So yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you got two kids too. Okay. How old are your yes. kids? So my oldest is 21 and my baby is 19. Okay, 21, yeah, same age as my kids. So, yes. so 21 mean they're legal now. They can go out and do all that good stuff. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me your educational background. Did you do anything after high school? Did you uh, get your doctorate degree? Um, so I am, my field is um, hospice. I'm in a medical field and I've done that for 17 years. And I also was a beautician, worked in nail salons and things like that. I also sing. So I've dabbled around a lot of many, well, many different things. But so my field right now is property management. Wow. So it's something different out of my comfort zone, but it is a new experience for me. So and I'm actually enjoying it so far. Okay. Wow. You, you've had a nice array there. What, what, what exactly is hospice? I hear that name a lot. What, what is that? So hospice is basically in short terms, end of life care. So okay. we, um, it depends on the company you work for. The company I work for was Passages, and we dealt with everything from wound care to um, when they take their last breath, having the um, pronounced time of death. So it varies depending oh, on the company wow. you work for. Wow. So you probably would, it, it's probably kind of hard to get close to people in that situation. I guess you, that, that, that seemed like that'd be a tough job. It, it is. Uh, I love the medical field. I have a um, huge respect for life and death now. Um, but you can't help but love someone when you're coming into their home. I always keep in mind that I'm a guest in their home mm-hmm. and that I'm not just doing a job and doing everything that I can to make them feel comfortable um, until, you know, that, that last moment. But I have 
met so many loving um, family members that I'm still a part of their family um, as of today. I've been in so many obituaries um, and things like that. So it's not just a job I really enjoy, but it is heartbreaking too, because once they leave, that's like a piece of you that's gone also. And they yeah. tell you in the medical field that um, not to get close to the patients. How could you not? Like right. that's important. Yeah. So when when you were coming in hospice, when they when they saw you, they knew that they didn't they had a certain amount of time left. And did you kind of explain that to them or? Um, so the company actually explains it to them. So when you go there, when I go there, they're basically I'm, I'm going to say half of them are already upset because of the the, the news that they've received, mm-hmm. and half of them are happy to have someone there to help them through this transition because each case is different. Um, I've had cases where. I just got to the home, did an introduction, um, went to do vitals, and they took their last breath. And then I have, you know, after six months, they still, you know, ticking. So it's kind of crazy. (laughs) But um, it's it's a beautiful thing because for those that are actually able to set up hospice themselves, which is that, you know, this is um, terminal, their illness. Some of them actually set their own hospice service up so they know what to expect and they actually have all of their affairs in order until they're, you know, their debt, like funeral already paid for, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, how did you get into that field? I'm just mushy. I love people. Um, I always had a need to care um, for others. My mom um, suffered with really bad migraines as a child, so I always um, just emotional and always in a lot of pain and that just instantly drew me to care for her and want to care for others um and i volunteered at this um rehabilitation center one time and it was so short staffed and i just wanted to help but because you're a volunteer you know you only can do so much and Uh i just was determined when i ate 18 like this is what you're going to do you're going to help as many people as possible um and that's what i wanted to do but later on in life, I realized, or I had to be reminded, I'm not superwoman. You cannot help everyone. But I try to do as much as I can with the time that I have with each patient and even people I just meet. Yeah. Wow. That's nice. And you said you're a beautician or or, or you did the, the nails too? I, yes, I was a beautician. I don't enjoy it like I used to. But I'm going to keep me together, but I don't do it as a profession anymore. I may do a little something here and there on the side. Mm-hmm. That seemed like that'd be a lot of work because uh, like women come in there and their hair is just like, ah, they like, wow, I just, I'm going I'm to leave that alone. I, I have a professional <laughs> barber license, so I kind of can, can okay. understand how that was. So, mm, yeah. okay. Well, so with me, I, my customers already knew I'm a freestyle. You can tell me what you want. That may not be what I see, mm. um, but I'm also giving them what they want as close to as possible, but I'm always going to add my own little something. When I did nails, I liked a lot of bizarre nails. You know, Louisiana, we kind of, um, I guess they say a lot more free out here. So uh-huh. when it comes down to the, the graffiti and designs on the nails, we like them long, we like them busy. So it was basically just give me your hand, let me do what I need to do, and you're going to walk away happy. So mm-hmm. that was all. I never had any problems. Okay. Well, that is a wide variety of jobs. Not that you should be pigeonholed into one thing, but you you got a lot going on there. I yes. really appreciate that. Uh, final question. Married or single? Single. Ooh, okay. Ooh, we'll come back to that one then. All right. <clears throat> so let's let's get into to, to this to this meat of this conversation. I want to talk to you about the hurricanes. Now, what hurricanes were you in or were you in both uh, any or tell me again. So I have lived through 
a total of five to memory. Um, the two that actually stands out were the ones that affected me the most. Um, one is Katrina in 05, and the latest one we just experienced August 29th um, of this year, which was Ida. The ironic thing with those two hurricanes is they both hit on the same date, August 29th. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Man, that was crazy. So, so before we get into more on Katrina, what is life like in New Orleans before before uh, Katrina hit? Because like, like, you guys are underwater or something, if, I, if I'm thinking this correct. Yeah, they're hanging on in a boat. We're in a sunk, um, basically. Um, so whenever it rains, some area is going to get affected. And so because people know we're so prone to hurricanes and flooding, they are always encouraging us, just leave. Why don't you guys just leave? You've been through this, you've been through that. But it's like taking a child from their mother when you're so used to a situation, we just basically prepare ourselves. We know that um, it's a possibility when hurricane season takes place that we make it affected, you know, make it hit by a hurricane. We don't know the degree. Sometimes, you know, years pass by before something happens. It doesn't always hit the same area. And we just, I mean, for me, speaking for myself, I love Louisiana, but if it gets to the point to where I'm getting hit every year, I could love her and leave her. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, so you said just a bowl, like it's like, well, yes. like a big bowl, like a round circle that's dug into yes. the ground. Yes. And so you can like see boats passing. You gotta look up to see boats driving by as everyone else. So it's not <laughs> so it's not like that. It's just like, um, you know how if you're on a on a um on a hill, you don't know how how steep it is mm -hmm. um until you're driving and you start going down fast. So with the areas in Louisiana that are affected by hurricanes, because not all of them are affected, but majority of them, especially the ones surrounding New Orleans, um, if it rains, you could basically know exactly where the rain is going because it'll start sliding down. So like where the street that I live on now, when it rains, um, I sit in the middle. So the two houses and those corners um, on the side of me, when it floods, I get flooded the worst because oh. I'm in the sun. So it's not like boats or anything, but it has gotten really bad to where we've had to have people rescued back there on canoes. Mm, wow. so really bad. So wow. So you you must really like it there. So I'm not not judging, just saying wow. I, I've never been there before. <laughs> is this a uh is it uh I know a lot of people go there. So obviously it's, it's a beautiful city, I take it, right? You know what people come here for our food. Our music is basically like the place that never sleeps. And um, our hospitality is like no others. Like you can't go and just meet people, you know, by greeting. And all of a sudden you guys want to go walk Bourbon Street and have a drink or they're telling you about these recipes. Louisiana has this personality like no other place. And that's why despite the hurricanes and despite the negative things that people say, people break their necks every vacation to come down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It, it, isn't that where Mardi Gras is at? Yes, yes. Mardi Gras, um, for us that live here, we hate it because the traffic is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Like, you're going to sit in traffic for half a day, so prepare yourself for plenty of snacks. It's that mm. bad. So what 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 is Mardi Gras? Just the, the, the throwing of the beads and just, I mean, drinking and music, just walking around? Is... <laughs> uh, so... Hmm. So Mardi Gras is that one day based, well, people celebrate it for a couple of days, but the actual Mardi Gras day and the day leading up to Mardi Gras, which is like Lundi Gras, um, 
it's that day where everybody just do whatever. You have people walking Bourbon Street naked. What? They're just, yeah, it is. Yeah, it gets hood down here um, <laughs> um, in New Orleans area on Bourbon Street. But everybody is friendly. Everybody is basically passed out drunk. Um, but everybody just loves one another. Like nobody's going to want to fight you because you stepped on their shoes. If anything, they're going to be stepping on each other's shoes. So it's mm. just a, it's a party that nonstop, like you can party from sun up to sundown to the next day. And so the Mardi Gras itself is just parades and um, people marching in bands and a show is basically a show, a free show. Okay. Hmm, that does sound interesting. So, and, and uh, voodoo is pretty prevalent down there too, right? At least in the movies. Yes, 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 yes. So we have the voodoo parade. We even have places down here. Um, used to be around the Riverwalk area. I haven't been there in a minute, so I'm not sure if they're still set up there. But there were actually um, venues out there where they did some palm readings and tarot cards and things like that, and sold a lot of different ornaments and voodoo dolls. And it's very popular um, in certain parts of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, that, that, that's just amazing that all that stuff goes down. Do you speak uh, French too? No, my French goes um, to we. That's it. <laughs> that's it. We, we. Oh, French we. fry. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. I want to go back to uh, Hurricane Katrina now. Talk okay. me through Hurricane Katrina. What what happened? Like, did you know it was coming, or there was it like a calm before the storm? I mean, what happened okay. before it? I'm going to try to make it as short as possible, the detailed. So first of all, Katrina um, is one of those hurricanes that will always be memorable um, because of the lives that were lost and the damage it caused. But I don't know if a lot of people know that Katrina, the hurricane itself did not cause all of the damage. It was the breaking of the levy by individuals that are nameless. Um, when they broke the levy for whatever reason to drown out most of the, the um, I guess, poverty areas, you would say, um, that's what caused so much damage. So Katrina, um, we got the news that morning and I wasn't paying too much attention. I was working at a hotel. They were telling us to bring our families. We could stay there free. So we just packed a few little things. Um, at the time, I was married with our little babies and put in a bag. We just figured, you know, a night or two of free hotel. We we're going to have a good time. Wasn't what I thought. Um, the day before we got let ready to leave, we heard this big boom. Like it actually ricocheted on the ground. We didn't think anything of it. It did frighten me. Um, but I was with somebody, so I kind of felt a little bit more calm. I didn't really pay attention. To, I didn't get too much thought into it, rather. So the next day, when we get to, um, the next day, we're at the hotel. They're sending us notices out that they're cutting the water off. I'm like, it's a hotel. Why are they cutting the water off? So yeah. we're packing to leave, because of course, you can't be in a place where there's no water. Right. Um, and I've seen the most beautiful sight of something just shimmering on the ground. Um, I think I'm like at the, just guessing, maybe the 14th floor in the hotel. And I'm looking out the window, and it was just like this beautiful sight of, glycerine mm -hmm. and so when we went downstairs to the garage we learned that that's water so where we were heading the water was just coming so it was actually water street and people cars were already stuck at that time so we wind mm -hmm. up getting to another hotel some ways down but by that time the water was already rising because i remember seeing a car flip over mm. and that was like the last thing i remember seeing in that area when we dandria um, more people were fleeing that way. Not at a time. We made it to the West Bank, which was like 45 minutes away. And 
everything was out. There was no power, no water, anything. So my family and I, we kind of slept on the ground for about three or four days. Oh, um, my wow. time had, they had taken sick. And um, I remember the um, the party that we were with, we were with a couple of other people from the hotel and they were all trying to help each other. Um, I remember them finding a pool in someone's backyard and it was all nasty full of debris and whatever, but it was all like, all we were able to find to kind of clean our babies. So that's what we did. And um, one of my daughters had an asthma attack and that's when I'm like, okay, we gotta go because it was really, really bad. Mm. So we really, um, they ciphered gas from someone's car and we were able to make it to Alexandria. In Alexandria, we couldn't go no further. So it was horrific. Um, my family, I'm, I'm, I mentioned I'm one of nine. They were all still here, um, along with my father, stepfather, and my mother. And I thought I had lost them all because there were no cell service. And so the things that took place um, in that hurricane, I mean, in, in the Superdome, in the arena, people say, oh, it didn't happen. That's not true because they have to, they have to sit down and actually talk to people who actually were in the Superdome. Um, my siblings, my nieces, nephew, mom, it was horrific. There was so much, so oh, much killing. Yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous. So you had men sitting in a circle with their um, wives and their children. And then you have, if they doze off, someone snatching them. And there were more babies being killed. There were um, in the hospital, there were women who had just given birth and the baby still attached them in the umbilical card. And it was just, it was horrific. So those are the stories that they don't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but these events actually happened. They, they kind of downplay it or people exaggerate it. And that's not true because the memories that we have, they will never go away, ever. The smell of parts of Louisiana, the hurricane um, area mostly, that smell will always be embedded in your mind because it's a smell you'll never get rid of. It was a horrific smell. It was just decomposed bodies. There were actually bodies coming up out of the grave. Mm. So there's a lot of pictures that they take, but the pictures that they took were, you know, for people to see, of course, but they didn't take all of the pictures of all the X's on the houses marking, you know, 11 people lived here, four bodies found, these amounts are not accountable for it. So it's a lot. Katrina will always be one of those hurricanes that's heartbreaking, but it wasn't the hurricane. It was what they did um, to those levees that made that hurricane. So so let me, let me, so many questions I want to ask here. Let me go back. What is a levee? I've never been there before. So forgive me. I don't understand what a levee is. That's fine. So we have multiple levees in our water area because, you know, we're surrounded by so much water. The Mississippi just divides in so many different places. Um, so the levee is basically um, like seawall, um, um, cement wall that's, mm. that separates the land from the water. Mm. And we so often they have to go to do a little repair because, you know, the water may um, breach it some kind of way for whatever reason is what I'm told. But they didn't... They, walls taller they never did um and it was easy for them to blow up the poverty area that the levinette area because it'll drawn up those areas nobody cared about those lives it it had they they don't want to say that it was a racial thing but it actually kind of boiled down to it the, the area of it being poverty you know no one's care about those lives being lost because they're not as important so i remember a talk show host um Geraldo, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yeah, yeah. He took him off the air because he came by and he was giving the the gritty truth of all that was taking place. And they took him off the air. Never heard anything else from him, but I was happy to see him on there. And in the beginning, I was kind of upset because I'm like, 
why is he telling all of our business? Because that was just me being angry. But then I realized somebody needs to see what's going on because people are drowning. They are left out here for days. I mean, in weeks. I don't know how long it took them to rescue everyone, but by the time they got to, by the time actual help came, there were like countless bodies gone. Like, mm. no reason. Like, there were, we had more help um, that could have been available had they given people that, that warning ahead of time as far as the hurricane was concerned and not given the okay to blow up those levees. So why were the levees blowing up? That, that was something you do before the hurricane to help? Is that, is- not... No, 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 not at all. That was to that was to um, detour the water into a different area. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was to detour the water because if um, if when a hurricane hit, we knew we were going to get hit with a hurricane. We didn't know how bad it was, but we know the hurricane needed water. So if they blow the blew it up, blow it up one way, it'll deter the water another way, and that's exactly what they did. Oh, so they were trying to help. That, um, help themselves in a different area. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they figured this, if it's if it's going to attack or it's going to hit somewhere, at least we can try to protect this, this yes. section of these people. Yes. Oh, yes. that's not good. I don't think they spun that like that in the news. I think they... Um, so my... T- um, um, my... He's... Um, Geraldo, he he just told it all. He told it all. Um, there are a lot of books. You can even go back to past videos. And of course, every year they do the anniversary of Katrina. Um, and they, to me, I still find it disturbing because you're only telling parts of it. But it'll actually take a person a few days to get the complete. And then they still won't cover everything because everyone's experience and their stories are different. But it all boils down to pain and people losing multiple loved ones. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, so you said they, you guys went to the Superdome, is that what it's called? So we went to the Superdome, so the Superdome was like our, where we had a lot of concerts at, um, football games, everything that was of a big event, it was the Superdome in the arena. So they used those places as a shelter um, for those that needed to get away, I mean, needed safety. Um, and they were moving like in buses, um, here and there so when the hurricane actually hit um before the water got to all you know multiple places people were stealing new cars they were stealing like rta buses because at that time they had basically the little night wash stranded they didn't care how those people got out so men would take it upon themselves they're going to find transportation get as many people out of their neighborhoods as possible when people evacuated one of the things that we hated hearing was can you help this evacuee like we just you know got under the, you know, under the railroad or cross over some sort of wall, uh, wall to get here, we were displaced. So it wasn't like we chose to be here. We were running for our lives and safety for our families. So that evacuee, it used to t- it used to kind of irritate me, run me wrong. It's okay now, but at the time, I didn't, no one wanted to hear that because we didn't ask to come here. This is not a choice. It was taken from us. We had to, you know, flee somewhere that was safe. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so how... How big is the, was it the Superdome? Now, was this, I, I guess it's a huge place. Uh, so yeah. was that, had water in there too? Water damage in there? So it had damage, but I want to say that um, Katrina, she damaged like the roof and things like that. But um, those that were in there did the most damage. But then you have to keep in mind, you put up to an environment, it's hot. There is no water in there. There's no food coming in and out. So basically, whatever you flee with, 
um, is you have with you. And when that runs out, people are going to start stealing. And so it's, it's fire. I mean, it's, um, it's fights and it's riots up in there. And then people thinking it's the last day. They're thinking it's everything I can before I die. That was literally the mentality that a lot of people had. Hmm. And then you had the, the army. They had, um, they were given the command to shoot on sight. Mm. So if anybody was caught outside at a certain time, shoot them. They didn't care about anything. Um, and that was because a lot of looting was going on. But then you have lives out here looking around for water and looking for food for their family. But at the time, they didn't care because you were all a suspect of some, you know, of looting if you were caught outside. So that was crazy as well. So y- so y'all was locked down by the by the National Guard, but they had food and stuff. Why weren't they yeah. bringing in food for you guys? So. So we didn't get locked down in the Superdome because my family and I, we, we got out. We only, we passed the Superdome. We actually were going to go there. I'm so glad that we didn't because no telling what would have happened. Um, but my siblings and my mom and them, they were stuck in the Superdome for, I want to say, two weeks. Oh, and I'm told wow. my sisters and them that they left and went back to their house. Um, and before you know it, that's when the water started rising. And that water had gotten higher and they were on top of their roof. So they actually got rescued by helicopter, but the helicopter took the kids first. Mm-hmm. And then three days later came back and got the adults. Oh man. Wow. So that so the kids are probably freaking out. The parents are gone and wherever they took them to. I don't this I, it's just, it was so crazy. Um my nephew, my oldest nephew, they actually wrote a book about him because he was only five at the time. Um, and the other siblings and cousins that were with them were all underneath him. And he literally had to keep them safe, you know, five years old for three days while their parents were gone, not even knowing when, when they were going to see their parents. And because my sister and had experience um, seeing so much in the Superdome, of course, those thoughts go through your mind. Is my child safe? You know, what's happening with the other ones? It was really, really crazy. Like, it was not organized, but it wasn't supposed to be, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So wow. So did so they were you said there were bodies coming out of graves too? Because yes. how do how do you how do they bury people in New Orleans? Because it says they're you're in a bowl. Do they bury so, you up or I don't know how that works. So you're supposed to be so when you're in a bowl, it does it's not shaped like a bowl. You just know that because we're so many feet below sea level, um that flood we're going to get water water is going to stall somewhere whether it be in the class or new orleans or st rose water is going to stall somewhere um so when they bury people of course it's supposed to be the traditional six feet down how many feet mm-hmm. they bury we don't really know we just know for any graves that were um put down there for you know maybe a month or two those graves did rise up okay yes so so y'all just that had to be just amazing sight to see just bodies floating down the street and stuff you know and hmm. it was so, unreal you know it's it looked like um like a movie you know you see one of those scary movies mm-hmm. and you just see people like the old movie like the living dead you see people just walking at you so you just imagine bodies just laying there and it, it doesn't it just wasn't real it didn't it didn't seem real but that pain in your heart and the, the scars on your body and the blisters from walking all that in that in that nasty water it made it real you know people took sick my family and i rewind up with scabies mm. um it's a bug that bites you and then mm. lays eight under your skin after mm. six weeks and it's, you get it from laying on the ground so like a lot of homeless people may get it um, um. about us on the ground 
it bit us. And then six weeks later is when it, it actually turned into scabies. And I mean, it just itches you like. And so you have to have all your clothes put in a, in a bag and fumigate the house. It's kind of crazy, but it it was definitely an experience I was not ready for. Yeah, you said you had to sleep on the ground too. I mean, you yes. had like blankets or something down, or no, indeed, we had whatever we we left the house with and whatever we were able to carry, we left that. And then, so our car broke down in Alexandria, so that means all of the bags that we had for um, us and our kids, we had to leave that because now we both got to hold a child on our hip because my babies were like three and um, was two and three at the time, so we both got hip babies on us. So you don't got time to carry three and four bags. You got to grab one little bag and grab a child, and we were walking. Y'all probably had no idea what you what was gonna do, what was gonna happen next. What, what I remember you... praying. <laughs> I just was praying, like I, I I know I kept saying, like I, this is not how I want to die, mm-hmm. um, because not having no food and water, you don't have energy. You're already scared. It's hot as hot can be, um, and you don't know. You have everybody telling you these different things. You have these images in your head from what you just saw and what you just left. It does not feel. It literally felt like a movie. Mm-hmm. So what did y'all do for food and what did you eat? Nothing, nothing. Um, so I want to say day two, um, there was, we wound up on, um, we got to Alexandria. There was like this little corner. So someone was out there, some people who actually stood and rode the hurricane out. Um, they were grilling crabs. They had went crabbing and they knew we had kids. So they actually brought us like a bucket of crabs, um, like a half a bucket of crabs and I didn't know how to eat crabs. Like it takes so long to get that little meat out them big old things. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have to work too hard for that. So I remember um, my children's father doing all of that for the kids, just making sure they eat. And then um, I was with, there was a store that had been broken into. So I'm like, maybe I can find my baby a bottle in there or something. And it had like cookies in a bag. So every whatever I was able to grab, I remember grabbing like some hygiene things. And I remember mm-hmm. some cookies that were in a bag and like some vanilla wafers. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna snack this thing out. Mm-hmm. So we got, we had that at least for another day or so. And then the third day, um, the person who we were with, she was actually the teller at our hotel. So this is how I feel it was a blessing um, because she had to take the teal with her and she had like a couple of thousand dollars in her bank bag. Mm. So she paid this guy, like this cab, $432 to bring us from Alexandria to Texas. That was actually my first time in Texas. And he brought us to this church and we were actually one of the first families to arrive at the church. Mm-hmm. They had all kind of food laid out, all kind of hygiene, towels and some cots for us. Yeah. And I remember me, my um, my children's father and my two daughters and like two other people were the only people from Louisiana that had made it that far at that mm-hmm. time. And it was a blessing. Wow. That's so, so we didn't, even though we went through so much, my story literally is nothing compared to what so many other people went through. You know, my parents, my siblings, the neighbors, and other people, like, they actually had to, you know, push bodies to the side trying to get, you know, to a safer place and trying to find shelter. And for people that couldn't um, get on top of the roof, you know, they lost their lives. So it was it was really crazy. Wow. So, so that water, it, I do recall seeing it that high because... One image that I remember seeing on TV was a guy was pushing like a 60 inch flat screen in the water. Yes. 
I was like, yes. what, what was it? What was the pro anyway? So, so you, people were taking doors off their houses. They were um, doing everything they can, trying to stay afloat. So most people started thinking about the movie Titanic. So those are the images they didn't show you. Um, people were actually trying to float. Like they would put, they would take like a deep freeze or a refrigerator and put like the younger ones in there. And you'll have so many people actually pushing them through the water. And I remember one of the images I seen, like someone had water, like literally up to the top of their neck. What I want to say the mid part of their neck. I'm like, wow, imagine all of the germs and all the things that they're exposed to. It was really crazy. Mm -hmm. So, and you you had mentioned before that they put the X's on the on the house or something, or was it like Yes. What what did what did that represent? Um, so if you or anyone looks up the images, they'll see these houses, different neighborhoods and houses, and you'll see like this X with numbers. So if I remember correctly, if the number at the top say it had the number 10, and mm -hmm. then to your left, you may see six, and to the right, you may see four. So one of those, the 10 marks how many members were in this household. One number marks how many bodies were found. The other one marks how many bodies, or how many counts that are missing. So how many head counts are still missing. Um, and you will see that like every, it was either every other house or every house, like the nine ward Shelmet where I lived at, cause Shelmet got hit first and then the nine wards where got hit the heaviest. Um, so from Gentilly, Shelmet, um, uh, Franklin Avenue, all of those places, New Orleans, those got hit the worst. So that's where the water stalled at most of, um, most of the way in Canal Street. Um, so you'll see more X's on those houses than anything if you go back to past images. Hmm. Wow. How how long did it take them to get things back to normal? I mean, I mean, because if that water was that high, how do you get it to leave? Um. So when when we finally left, um, I my first time coming back. So we left in let's say seven or something. When I actually came back, it was. December um, and the smell was horrific and I came back because I remember I left money in the house granted you know we were thinking we we're gonna leave and come right back so I came back thinking I'm going back to my house to get my money out there I knew it wasn't a place we were able to live and it was the smell like once you get to I want to say Baton Rouge usual smell when you get like to La Plaza, like it's game time it was horrific so you could not get back in your house. The mold, I had never seen mold growing so many different colors. Mm. Um, it was just, it still had water there even after all those months. So I want to say when I actually decided to move back because I got tired of Texas, um, it was like a year or so later and they were still rebuilding because there were still places. And I didn't even know when I got back down there, there were still people who hadn't been accounted for. Mm. So it was crazy. That smell, I want to say to me, it lasted at least another two years. But to see a store on the corner open up um, and you're thinking everything is going to go back to the same, but it didn't because rent went, you know, was sky high. Food had went up. It was so, it was so crazy. People already had just lost everything. And now you got them raising prices up even more so because they've lost so much and they're trying to regain what they lost. Mm -hmm. Wow. So. Take back though. <laughs> Did, did you have a house or an apartment? So we were renting um, a townhouse. We had a two-story townhouse. Um, when I went back to my house, I had never seen anything like that. Like the, and my house had a lot of, you know, a decent amount of space. I was like, the refrigerator met, met me at the door. Um, the only thing that was still standing was the glass table. I had this huge glass table. 
um, and it was like gray and fuzzy or something, but like all the furniture had basically matted to the wall and mm. furniture had greeted me at the door. And mm. my roof, you were able to see daylight from the roof. Um, and the stairs hadn't caved in, that was surprising. I still had some stairs, but everything was basically just matted to the wall. It looked like a museum. Um, it was, you know, it was heartbreaking. It was- yeah, it Sounds was like it, yeah. yeah that, that, that's just amazing. So, so now, so you, that was in 05. So you yes. eventually moved back to Katrina. Yes. I mean, to Katrina, yes. I'm sorry, to, to New Orleans. When did you yes. actually move back? Um, so I moved back in the latter part of 07. Um, I want to say the latter part of 07. I want to say 07. And nothing was wrong with Texas. Texas was really kind, I can say, for myself and family, because us being one of the first families there, we were um, the resources that we were giving out. Like people say, they didn't help us. That's not true. Um, FEMA, Red Cross, um, Salvation Army, so many different organizations. They, for every um, helping hand that was given, I want to say my family and I received at least 7% of it and helped us to get back on our feet. Uh, when I came back to Louisiana, I came back because I just missed it home. Like I get homesick really quick. I missed our foods. Like we have certain foods and certain spices. When I'm out there in Texas, I'm like, do y'all have hot sausage? So like, yeah, they see you the hot link. Like this ain't what I'm talking about, boo. <laughs> so I missed our food. I missed our couch. I just missed those friendly faces. And um, because so many things happened with those that came from Louisiana to Texas, they were not as kind. Like you had some people that, that fled from Louisiana to Texas actually killing people that invited them into their home. So don't talk about either. Um, so we didn't come out there. A lot of us didn't come out there accepting this help and being great. But some people wanted to take over other people's households and it was kind of, you know, that's a no and they were killing. Right. So when I came back, I wanted to go back home to what I was used to, hugs and kisses and um, just being around friendly faces wasn't exactly what I thought. It took mm. me a minute to warm back up to um, the new site, seeing these the different paints on these walls, these different store owners, just different neighbors. It was an adjustment that actually took me some years um, to get used to. I can imagine. Well, I really can't imagine, but I can understand it would take some adjustment to. So again, going back there, how long did it take once you get, get back for things to try to get to some normal life there because i'm sure for two years you said the smell was still there i'm sure businesses couldn't have been a well then again that makes a lot of work down there. a lot of work for rebuilding probably people came coming in the work for rebuilding you could find work for rebuilding in a second because they needed all the help they could get um and there was still a lot of things that were still being worked on like even right now years later there are still some buildings and some establishment that still has not come back into development because either they don't want to anymore or nobody's going to touch that that spot for whatever reason um for me i want to say probably about four and a half five i was settled like i was making amends to what had happened okay this happened you cannot let this dictate, you know, your happiness moving forward. I had to get out of depression um, and just try to build a life. And that's what I did. Um, I still had my moments. Um, even when I pass certain areas right now, I'm just like, I remember what this was. I remember what I did, you know, on this corner. And it's just crazy. Like, I know certain 
um, buildings that are no longer there. Like I remember they had the best seafood here, or you know, we mm -hmm. played hopscotch right here. So it, it took me a minute to adjust, <clears throat> excuse me, to coming back, but I have no regrets. Like I have no regrets still. I see, okay. I just, just like, I, I don't know how I could have dealt with that. I mean, because you can't really prepare for that stuff. So, so tell me again. So then, you know, I don't know how many years later, what, 17 years later, then Ida comes along? Was it 17 years? Ida. So we had some hurricanes in the middle. We had like Gusa, we had um, some other people. Um, and then we have our famous Ida. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So when we got to Texas, so you know, we went through Katrina and then like a month or two later, here comes Rita. So Rita hit Texas. So everyone was like, you know, Katrina sent her little sister to come finish y'all. It, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. So we hit Texas. Now we got to run from Rita, but Rita wasn't as bad. You know, we lost lights and things, but it wasn't as bad. So got to Katrina, putting Katrina behind me. I don't really talk about it too much. So I had just bought a house. Um, January 29th was my closing. So uh -huh. I moved into my house February 5th of this year. And I'm all excited because now I'm divorced. I'm raising my kids as a single parent. We're doing all that we can. Um, and we're happy. I'm excited. I bought the house because in December I was supposed to be traveling um, in a medical field and I wanted to make sure my babies had their own foundation. Yes. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get this together. It's fine. August 27th, I decided I'm going to take me a trip to Maryland, so my daughters are home. Um, and then I knew there, there was a hurricane because I had heard it on the television and my different patients' homes. But I'm like, you know, we always get a little rain, lights go off, the kids fine. Mm -hmm. um, I got people watching over them in case they get, you know, scared, somebody will get them. Mm -hmm. it was not what I thought. Get out there um, on the 28th, I got a text message saying my flight was canceled. I'm like, wait, what? The hurricane was supposed to be bad on the 28th. Eight. So we got some wind, some rain. wasn't too bad. The 29th, they canceled the flights again. I'm like, what happened? So my daughters at this time, they left that Saturday, which was the 29th. They left. The 28th, they left to go to Texas. Took them 21 hours to get to Texas, whereas that's only a four-hour drive. Hmm. They had to take like the back streets or whatever. And <sighs> Ida hit. No one knows what's happening. We just know we had a lot of wind and rain. I'm, you know, I'm stuck out here in Maryland, not knowing what's going on. My babies are safe, so I'm not too worried. And then I'm getting notes that um, you got a little water in your water. I'm worried about okay, I have these really nice floors. Like, how long is it going to take for the water to come out of my house? Had no idea what I was walking into. So I'm stuck out in Maryland for a total of two weeks. They kept canceling the flight, so my daughter actually was able to make it back. Um, just to kind of see what was going on. They couldn't even get into this, the um, the city because they had closed all of the city off. So mm -hmm. um, she and her fiance kind of got through some kind of way and they were able to make it to my house. And she just sent me videos and it broke my heart because it was not what we thought it was. I'm thinking there's some water in there. You know, you lose a couple of things here and there to replace those things, nothing, um, nothing what I thought. So I actually made it down September 9th, I actually seen my house for the first time, September 15th, and it is, it's no more. It's just um, completely gone. Like, we lost everything. Oh, man. Everything. I mean, and you don't, you don't think about how long it takes you to build everything down to the utensils and decorations and things like that. My house, I just bought it um, by myself, and everything that I had was in that house. The... 
blessing is that you know myself and my daughters escape so like my hurt is not behind the things it's just the memories and all that we had just built um the walls were gone i mean mold all over again and you know people ask them did he bring you flashbacks for katrina not at all because for whatever reason this hurt worse than katrina um to me this this hurt worse than katrina um yeah this this pain is not going away it's been months later but it's still fresh like it is uh it ain't going away yeah because that was this year so so what, what's up with your house now you did you have any health uh, health insurance you have a uh, uh, life insurance or house insurance or whatever you i don't know what you need i, I can't even think have, about, so. <laughs> so um with um flood with with homes you have to have homeowners insurance and because mm-hmm. we're in a flood area um you have to have flood insurance so what saved me um was my house has a five inch drop so whereas our house you only have to have one insurance and it'll cover flood wind hail or whatever with my house by having it just a five inch drop i had to get a different insurance so my my home insurance is different from my flood insurance it saved me but it also puts you in a um, in a spat because now they're fighting as to who's going to cover what, who's going to cover this. I have no roof. All of the ceiling has fallen. The only thing I'm able to salvage in my house is my floors because it were um, they were marble stone. Um, so they're not going to pay you out for those things, but they will like pay for the regriping and stuff like whatever that's called. Um, so that's what saved me. But having your house gutted out. That's like almost $10,000. Like they don't tell you that. And then you have to have more remediation done. And then you got all these people out here trying to scam you. Mm-hmm. So the repair of my house is going to be about 100000 Wow. Um, and it, they haven't even started on the roof yet. So they're so backed up in supplies and the shipment. So I thought I was going to be in my house maybe by December. I'm looking at around mid, mid-summer, maybe. Oh, whoa. Yeah, so... Yeah, and um, so I'm of course I'm getting that question. Why would you want to move back? <laughs> I mean, that's the that's everyone's question. You've been through this before. Um, each hurricane experience is different. For me, this hurts more, as I said, because I had just purchased this home. This was mine, and it was sentimental to me because I was leaving it to you know my creations, my babies. I wanted them to have something, but. Houses can be rebuilt, you know, cars can be replaced, lives can't, of course, that's what's most important, but I love Louisiana. I love to see other places, but I love Louisiana, but I also said earlier, if it becomes a continuous thing where we're getting hit every year or every other year, then I will take my leave. Not because I'm afraid of the hurricane, but because you just get tired of replacing everything all over again. Yeah, absolutely. So what what is... So your house is just kind of sitting there in disarray at this point. Or what, what, what are you doing? They, do they put you up in another place or a hotel or something? Or did you get another um, so, so my house is sitting there now. Um, so my um, my organization, I'm part of an organization of Jehovah Witnesses. Um, and they come together, like they work together um, hand in hand. So they worked faster than my insurance company and they came and gut my house out um they helped do the tarping on my roof that was Mm going to cost me about almost three or four thousand um and just getting an appointment was um a wait so my house is just sitting there right now but the more remediation everything else is done so it's basically um on there and like i said that's a delay with materials so right now, I'm currently four hours from where I actually live. 
um, and this is where I'm doing a property manager management ad, and I'm in an apartment. Um, the insurance companies, they do, they do help you out after about 30 days, like it's a wait. And to me, I thought they were kind of giving me the runaround, but it's actually a process and it's a lengthy process. But when you wait it out and if you're constantly on them, you will get what you need. Mm. My insurance company, um, especially my flood, um, they were a little mouthy at one point. Someone is standing up, they, you know, they start bowing down. Um, so they have been very, very helpful. Um, I have an apartment. They actually helped furnish my apartment um, as much as I would allow them to. They won't replace my vehicle um, because I only had a certain amount of coverage on it. So, of course, that's just a loss. But as far as like hotel stays for the first two months, so, um, people put us up in a hotel for about a couple weeks and it was a basic hotel. It was, you know, enough for you to say you had a clean face to lay. But my insurance company, the insurance company's hotels are going to be completely different. And you're going to know because you're not landing anything less than 4.8 stars. Mm. 3.8 stars, I, I correct myself. Okay. Um, so the, the hotel stay, I want to say, was a treat. It was like a little vacation to me. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing that you've been through so much of this stuff. How did how did your neighbors' homes look? Was it similar to yours? Oh my goodness! So, um, one neighbor had someone else's roof. Ooh. Um, so, all right. So, the difference between Hurricane Katrina and um, re- and um, Hurricane Katrina and Ida. So, Katrina's damage was the water. That's what, the hurricane did her part, but the water she did the rest. Um, what Ida Ida came through. So, I lived in the city of Laplace. And um, Laplace, we got the eye. So she decided she just gonna stay there for a little while and just look at us. And I mean, she towed us up. Mm. She, we look worse than Katrina did because Katrina didn't take roofs off. Um, Ida took the roof off. Ida wasn't leaving anything for you to identify nothing. If you didn't know what your house looked like, you would not recognize the address. It was really crazy. So some of my neighbors had somebody else's roof, Um, (laughs) you know, Wow. My yard is connected to the three other yards. And like all of us have this whole football field now because we all share yards now. So um, uh-huh. it's crazy. When I first went down there, I mean, I just could not stop crying because it was, it seemed like a, it was a twilight zone. Um, and all of this debris, the, the houses were so just disarrayed and just torn up and fences and everything thrown about. And then when I went down there again, like about, oh, Three or four weeks later, I see everybody's getting their homes out. So now you, it just seems like a dump site because there's trash and debris and piles and piles. And then you go back down there and then you see they're picking it up now. And then you see somebody putting, you know, the roofs are tarred. So it, like the stages in which it happened and took place, um, it warms my heart now, even though it's still um, emotional for me. But I see the progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes it. It, it's, it's more soothing to me, I would say. I can sleep at night because I know there is progress, even if it's slow progress. There is progress. Yes. So when you redecorate your house this time, are you going to be more simple or are you do like you really want to do it? Ooh, when I tell you I'm going to be so simple, like um, <laughs> I, my house I had before, oh, I wish I could have salvaged something out of my house. I had a lot of glass and mirror, um, things like that. I am going to be, it's still going to be cozy and presentable. Um, and I collected a lot of wine. So I had like, I was able to salvage that out of my house. So I had like 90 something bottles of wine. I was actually, mm. a different liquors and things. Um, and I was actually able to salvage about 40 of them. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I still have like about 20 something um, of those left. Um, so I wanted to do, I want to do my, my wine collection again. I don't know if I'm going to make it as big as I did. Um, mm-hmm. My house is definitely going to be more simplified um, than anything. <laughs> like yeah. literally simplified. <laughs> As possible, as possible, as possible. I had a lot of stuff, but everything was in a, a, a beautiful place. I like to decorate. I'm going to keep it nice and as simple as simple can be. Yes. So you probably know how to, uh, being through that experience, it seems like it helped you to know how to move quickly or adapt to things now. Um, I don't hold on to anything now. Um, my heart still has not changed for Louisiana, of course. I still love people. Um, I don't blame anyone. Of course, I don't blame God or anything for anything that happened. Um, but I have learned a lot. Um, someone told me, well, this right here would definitely humble you. And it really hurt my feelings because I'm like, anybody that knows me knows that I'm humble. I'm goofy. I sing. I smile. I'm humble. But... I think I read it wrong at that time. Um, The humbling that they were basically talking about was basically holding on to things and humbling you to know um, nothing in this life you can take with you. Anything that happens, you you know, you can't take that with you. So now uh, my humbling is more simplifying. I can let go of anything. Um, My apartment I have right now is really nice and it's furnished. But if I have to walk away from it too, all I want is my personal items, my baby, and I'm gone. That's right. Did you have a dog or anything? So we had a pit. My daughter took it with her because I'm scared of her. <laughs> so I'm like, that's Sherry. That's Sherry. Yeah, I had a pit too. I love pits. No, I mean, I have cats and they, they like literally, they survive in. So I'll go down there um, every couple of weekends because my neighbor, um, they're working on their home. And I'll just buy these big bags of food and just um, give them to the neighbor and they'll feed the cats. So totally, I think I, totally, I, think I have like seven cats now. Oh, my. So I don't know where they came from, but I mean, you know, we feed them all the same. <laughs> Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, we're at the part of this show. We're about to wrap it up. But before I do that, I want to play this quick uh, rapid fire question game, which you call getting to know you, where I just ask you just a few questions. Okay. Okay. Well, you've told us a lot, but this is just a little personal. Okay. So tell us, uh, during the hurricanes, did you ever feel like you want to give up? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. Glad you did. Glad you did. Uh, how would others describe you? Goofy, bubbly, um, weird, unique, fashionable, <laughs> and just loving. Okay. All right. Uh, how do you feel about tattoos? I, I love them. I got to cover myself. <laughs> I, know. I can't put on my... I mean, I, I won't get any more now, but I got my fair share. I'm good. <laughs> okay. And what is your favorite tattoo that you have? Um, so my favorite tattoo would probably be, um, I have two. I have my mom's, um, name and symbol on my back okay. and I have, um, Ooh, I have three, and I have three, three black hearts and I got some paw prints on me. They, they kind of, yeah, they, they rock. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Cool. Um, what question do you wish we would have discussed during this, uh, podcast? Is there something that we didn't discuss that you wanted to? <laughs> Uh, not at all. <laughs> okay. All right. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. That's pretty good. That, that you've answered those questions. Great. So in closing, uh, where can people find you on social media if they want to see any of the pictures you may have posted or just see you or, or, or social media? Where are you at on Facebook, Instagram? Uh, where are you at? I have um, Facebook and I also have Instagram. So my um, Facebook is Miss Champagne. 
um, love on Facebook and IG. I'm under Champagne Four. Okay. All right. Well, on behalf of the What's Up Award podcast, we thank Champagne for sharing this emotional story of her personal experience. Uh, I always say it's one thing to hear about setbacks like this, but it's quite different to actually live through them. We should never assume that we are stuck in the way that things are right now because life changes every single moment and so must we. So on behalf of What's Up Award Show, we thank you again, Champagne, for stopping by and my partner, Trey, we hope he gets better. We thank you guys and we'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you so much for having me. You're super welcome.